0: better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast that is presented by the lockdown network it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this edition of the draft dudes podcast got an exciting show lined up for you some great segments and uh and kyle welcome here on this thursday edition
1: happy thursday dude i'm enjoying a diet cream soda life is good ready for some more did you just cringe
0: yeah we've been diet cream soda that sounds terrible
1: no diet cream soda is terrific maybe maybe one of these days we'll do baby big boards it's baby big board thursday maybe we'll do a baby big boards on pop as you like to call it and come up with our different flavors Uh, i think we could really generate a lot (laughs) of hotly contested discussion centered around that but that's not what we're gonna do today joe uh, I digress regardless of my ch- beverage choice. Uh, it's great to be back on the show. We're looking forward to digging into, as we said, baby big boards. We're getting close to the end of this summer fling series. And we had some uh, some headlines that came out over the course of uh, the past 24 hours since you've heard from us last. Uh, the one we'd like to lead with is Carolina Panthers offensive tackle, right tackle Darrell Williams was in line for a contract at the end of this year. Well, that's gotten a little bit more murky considering recent reports state that he is likely looking at a stint on the IR for the 2018 season after injuring himself in training camp. Joe, this Panthers line looks rough. They lost a their left guard as well. So they're looking at potentially starting undrafted free agent Brandon Mahone from Penn state. And if you watched any of Saquon Barkley, you know what the quality of that Penn state offensive line was last year. Um, So this is, um, this is a really, really difficult pill for the Panthers to swallow because he was the best player coming back on that offensive line last year, and it does not sound like he's going to get a chance to get back on the field.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a domino effect here with Daryl Williams going down. It forces Taylor Moton out of that left guard spot, flips him to right uh, right tackle, and now you've got. It's weird that Bre- uh, Brendan Mahan or Mahan, however you say it, is the guy because uh, they've got Jeremiah Searles, who's at least played NFL games, and they've also got Dorian Johnson a guy that both you and I uh liked or liked out. coming out. Well, he's got to I mean, look, if he can't win this job as the Panthers left guard under these circumstances, that's pretty disappointing, but I guess the silver lining with uh Williams is that he he could come back this year. You know, you could see him as a designate return possibility. Uh it's you know, I was thinking that it's probably a 6 to 8 week thing and so you give him a chance to rehab and get it right. And then, you know, there's a chance he can still salvage, you know, eight or ten games this year, which would be really good for him and his, uh, his pending free agency.
1: Yeah. A uh, little bit more optimistic with our next time headline. This one comes from Jason Lock and Forum. Uh, reporting that something special is brewing between Jared Goff and Cooper Cup based on his uh, observations at Rams training camp. And uh, I don't think the question was whether or not Cooper Cup could contribute at the next level Joe I think the question is and this is what I'd like to get from you what do you think the ceiling is for a player like Cooper Cup who might not be the most athletically gifted he's pretty big for a slot guy but he's not especially shifty. he's just a really polished route runner guy that's always going to be on the same page as his quarterback uh superb production coming out in college and he had a great rookie year last year I think thanks to a. Uh, uh, some time that Juju Smith-Schuster missed. Uh, Cup actually led rookies in receiving yards last year, so a kind of a peek into what his potential is, Joe. What do you think the ceiling is here? What is, quote, something special?
0: Yeah, it makes you think, right, because my in, my mind initially goes uh, to this when I think about the Los Angeles Rams and this offense is, you know, there's a lot of uh, mouths to feed there in terms of receptions. You've already got, in addition to Cooper Cup, you've got Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, who they just committed big money to and uh, and traded uh, to acquire. And then you have, uh, you still have Ty, uh, Todd Gurley, who's going to catch some footballs. You've got some tight ends there in Higby and Everett that's going to catch some footballs. And so, you know, I think that uh, Cup is going to be a big part of this offense, but you know is the statistical backing going to be there it's interesting just because i think there's so many so many different guys that deserve you know chances to make plays you know i think about cup and maybe you think about maybe not necessarily stylistically but what his upside is is maybe chris hogan with the patriots you know the, his value on that offense moved around and gets gets a chance to run routes as a slot and outside and uh, you know good route runner can stretch the field a little bit vertically not necessarily because he's a burner but because he just knows how to uh, to run routes that enable him to get deep because of his nuance and the way that he runs routes and good hands. And so, you know, I think about, you know, his ceiling and maybe it is this version of Chris Hogan. That's now with the Patriots.
1: Is Jared Goff for real was, was last year the the real Jared Goff,
0: man. It, yeah, it's hard to say because like you, I'm always cautious with those types of things, but he had a great season, yes, right? Like you just don't have the answers. Yeah. You just don't have seasons like that if you're not good. Right. And so, We'll right. see this year, you know, it's year two. There's tape on, on, on him and, and the offense more with, you know, what McVeigh wants to do out there. So this is a big year to kind of like confirm everything, but you, man, you don't just have seasons like that and out of nowhere it's because he's talented.
1: Yeah. It was, it was fun to seek golf, especially cause everybody left him yep. for dead after just like a, an impotent rookie season in which nothing went right. And, Jeff Fisher gets the team all the way off the rails, and uh, it was just a disaster all around. And you know, you heard people say, "Well, can't believe the Go- uh, the, the Rams pick Goff and let the Eagles take Wentz." And uh, although to be fair, people were leaving yep. Carson Wentz for dead after yep. his rookie season as well. So um, it's weird. It did almost like it takes a couple years of the looking at these guys before you can really get a handle on whether or not they can play or not but as you i need said tell this
0: does... go ahead i want you to remember that when you're ready to pounce on Josh Allen oh, at some point yeah. this year yeah, you got to okay. give him the same time okay
1: what if it's really bad
0: i you know i don't i don't know he he's uh he's not really working up the depth <laughs> chart right now so you know he's not expected to get any first team reps tonight uh, he makes his debut against Carolina Panthers so uh, his first team reps have really declined this week especially in team stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, I think the plan here is for McCarron or Peterman to start. But if Josh Allen takes the field and he sucks it up, Kyle, just remember what you said.
1: Well, somebody else who's not working their way up the depth chart right now is USC linebacker Porter Gustin, who's out for four to six weeks, uh, had a meniscus injury in camp. And this is like that crap time of year where, like, if you get any headlines whatsoever, somebody did something dumb, Here's looking at you, Antonio Callaway, or somebody got hurt, which sucks. And that's the case with Gustin. Gustin's an interesting player out of USC. Um, He's, he can turn the corner, but I just think from a technical perspective and and having a plan as a pass rusher, uh, he wasn't there as far as when we last saw him at the end of last season, so. As a player, I was hoping to see some some development from. And fortunately, this looks like a four- to six-week window that he'll be out that you do have to call into question uh, where he will be with his conditioning when it's time to come back. So this is uh, this is certainly going to murky the waters, Joe, for Porter Gustin and, and a prospective valuation going to the next level.
0: Yeah, there's something about guys that are always hurt. They tend to be always hurt. Uh, missed a bunch of time last year. And he's a guy that, uh, he was interesting. I read some stuff about him over the off season, just about his diet and how dedicated he is to his nutrition and putting so much into his body. And you just can't stay healthy. And I've liked the flashes I've seen from him. He's a super high motor guy. Like you said, there's some flexibility there. Uh, You know, he plays his ass off on every snap. There's something to be said for guys with some flexibility and and a hot motor. You can make some play. So, you know, I was thinking he had a chance, you know, to be maybe a day two pick or something like that. But, man, if he's not going to be able to see the field and he's going to be perpetually injured, it's going to cause some concerns. Like we always say from uh, the great Bill Belichick, your best ability is your availability. That's very questionable right now for Port Augustine.
2: Valentine's Day is just around the corner and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. why i am thankful for the crop preserver and crop reviver these products keep your crotchal region from sweating smelling and sticking the perfect package will also come with a pair of manscape boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day it's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers
1: So, Gustin being hurt, he's gonna be spending a lot of time in the training room, well, with the trainers. Maybe he's gonna be spending a little less time in the gym. Perhaps you find it's hard to make time to go to the gym, considering we've all got busy schedules. Uh, maybe you need the motivation of a trainer or group class, uh, but that's costly or time consuming. If you've ever wished that you've had a gym that could come to you, maybe give some consideration to Nordic Track. Nordic Track has a series of training equipment. That give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your own home, including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and strength trainers. Uh, You can join high-energy streamed workouts any time of day without stepping out the door. Join stream workouts in both studios and exotic destinations across the world. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris and end with cross-training on the shores of Thailand or work out in the African safari. Uh, really, really cool opportunity here. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure that you meet your personal fitness goals. So we have a special offer uh, for the Locked On Network listeners. So if you're listening to this or any of the Locked On podcasts within our family, you have this opportunity at your disposal to get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting NordicTrack.com slash LockedOn and using the promo code Locked on. Again, physic visit N O R D I C T R A C K dot com slash locked on and use offer code locked on in checkout to save seventy-five dollars off your purchase. Yeah,
0: thank you to Nordic Track for sponsoring today's podcast.
1: So Joe, it is officially time to shift gears out of breaking news and into baby big boards. This I don't know about you. This is my favorite recurring segment that we
0: have on a weekly basis. I'm takes on takes. I like that, but this is close. No,
1: you like te- you you like tearing people to shreds. Fun, That's man.
0: I, I want people to be part of the conversation, and then for us to get a chance to respond to them, and they're not even here. Right? They can't even defend themselves. So uh, it's fun.
1: It's yeah. a great point. <laughs> it's a very great point. So what we are doing today is we are talking about teams that missed the playoffs in the NFL last year. And Joe said, Kyle, bring your list one through five of who you think are the teams that missed the playoffs last year that have the best opportunity to do so in 2018. So the way we did this last week is we started with five and worked our way down. Shall we, Joe? Let's do the same thing. Yeah, let's do it. You're going to kick us off here with your five because you're crazy for this one.
0: Yeah, and look, my number five is going to be crazy. I I already know that you're not going to like this, but I'm going to go and put it out there. Number five team that didn't make the playoffs in uh, 2017 that I think has the best chance of making it in 2018 is the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that's what I said. This is a good roster Kyle. I know that people want to crap on Andy Dalton, but uh my goodness, he's got so much around him. That offensive line has improved. You know what Joe Mixon can be in this league. He's got great depth there with Mark Walton and Gio Bernard. If Tyler Eifert's back, he's got an exceptional tight end. you got A.J. Green and uh, Tyler Boyd and you know maybe John Ross will make a play. I'm not sure. An improved offensive line, like I said. And the defense really has talent, veterans and young guys at every single position. And I think that just collectively, they've got a mediocre quarterback, but a really good roster. And I think that gives them a chance to get back to the postseason uh, in what's kind of a weak AFC.
1: You wild Joe, the Cincinnati Bengals, Marvin oh, Lewis man. and Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton for me derail that possibility beyond repair. My number five would have been much much higher if this team was not like the most snake bit team in the history of the universe. I'm talking, of course, about the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Chargers saw uh, several of their. Uh, starting cornerbacks go down with injury in training camp already. But regardless, this team's bringing back uh, an early draft pick last year uh, who got hurt in Forest Lamp and did not get a chance to play. So they get an extra draft pick. They got a year with Mike Williams under his belt. Phillip Rivers is still there. Melvin Gordon's a productive back. Offensively, this team's going to be very good. And they're playing in a division that has the Oakland Raiders in it. So you got two wins. Right there. But <laughs> when you look at the schedule for the Chargers, I think there's a favorable draw here, reasonably speaking, early on before the bye. They have a week ache bye. They have the Chiefs. Okay. You no, know, toss a coin. It's at home, four oh five, home opener against the Chiefs division rival. Bills on the road. Tough road game at the Rams. So you're going nowhere. It's still in your hometown, San Francisco. Raiders, Browns, Titans, bye week Seahawks, Raiders, Broncos, Cardinals. That stretch right there, starting with the Raiders and ending with the Cardinals, I think they can win all but one or two of those football games. And if they do, and they take care of business in the division, which they have the ability to do, the talent to do, they can still survive some of the injuries they've already incurred.
0: Kyle, for me at number four, I've got the San Francisco 49ers, a team that started 0-9 last year and then won their last six, including a 5-0 and run once they uh, inserted Jimmy Garoppolo into the lineup and uh, really just turned around the season. One of the, ho- not one of the hottest, the hottest teams in in the league to uh, to close things out. They've got an improved secondary with what they were able to do in adding Richard Sherman. All those young dudes on the defensive line are, are another year older, some more experience under the belt. they got a lot of talent. The second level with Reuben Foster, the weapons around Garoppolo, including a, an improved offensive line, Jarek McKinnon at running back, uh, you've got, uh, Dante Pettis now in the fray at wide receiver to go with Goodwin and, and Garcon, who's going to be back. He missed time last year with an injury. I just think that they the makeup of this team is ready to compete. I think Seattle's going to be a bit down. Arizona's going to be down. And uh, I think they have a really big opportunity here to make some noise in the NFC and challenge the Rams. Maybe not for the division, but, uh, make a run at a wild card spot. So for me at number four, San Francisco 49ers.
1: My number four is the Miami Dolphins because of course I'm going to take the homer route here, right? And go with the Dolphins. But this is a team that has a third place schedule. So they get teams like the Bengals on their schedule. They've got the Indianapolis Colts on their schedule. They've got the Houston Texans who can be very good, but what is that offensive line going to look like? And and the Dolphins pass rush, they have athletic pass rushers. So, as I'm looking at this Dolphins team, obviously the biggest addition is Ryan Tannehill coming back from injury. You don't know what you got till it's gone, right? So I have a greater appreciation for Ryan Tannehill than what I did in 2016 uh, when they were in the midst of the playoff stretch run, kind of questioning what his ceiling was. Well, after a year of Jay Cutler, uh, you're more than ready to give the reins back to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the key for the Dolphins will be a three-game stretch in December home against the Patriots, away against the Vikings, home against the Jaguars. If the Dolphins can win one of those games, it's bookend with Colts, Bills, and Bills. So if they can go 4-2 and in that six-game stretch after their bye week, look for the Dolphins to make a push for a playoff spot in
0: 2018. Mm. Uh, Not on my list, Kyle. Uh, Number three, the Houston Texans. Um, I'm really buying into what I think is an exceptional exceptional front seven on defense, an improved secondary. They added some pieces there with uh, Mathau and uh, the draft pick, Justin Reed. Um, and Deshaun Watson, dude, that guy was just insane last year when he was in the lineup, and he's back, and he's got a very questionable offensive line in front of him, which causes concern. But I just believe in this combination here of of a – uh, a true playmaker at quarterback and a defense that I think can keep them in games. And and so, yeah, I'm concerned about the offensive line, but I think there's enough here in terms of like an elite level front seven and a special quarterback that uh, leads me to believe the Texans have a good chance at making the postseason in 2018.
1: Joe, I'm going to keep this one real short and sweet. My number three is the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, it's for a lot of the same reasons uh, that you said. Uh, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo and and what he did for that team at the last, end of last year cannot be overstated. And I think they deserve credit for not just being content to lose out the year, right? It would have been really easy to kind of punt, say, well, you know, we can get a top three, top five pick, a real elite player. Let's just keep losing. Uh, they did not do that. And I think it's a really exciting glimpse in some of the personnel changes that they brought. Reason to be excited in the Bay Area.
0: Kyle, the top two are pretty interchangeable for me. Uh, But uh, number two, I do have the Los Angeles Chargers. I wanted to put them at number one, but you've mentioned a good point there with some of the injuries that they've had already. (laughs) Uh, Key players in Verrett and Hunter Henry that uh, were going to be big pieces of that team that are already out for the season. But um, you've got an experienced quarterback in Phil Rivers and and some young talent on offense that I think can come through for them. Uh, Dan Feeney, at offensive guard. Forrest Lamp, like you mentioned, and then Mike Williams, you know, that's their number one pick last year, a top 10 pick. And you put him with Terrell Williams and Keenan Allen, and you've got some weapons there to go with Melvin Gordon and obviously Phillip Rivers, you know, great, great duo of pass rushers. They've got Derwin James. Now they had a good secondary to begin with with uh, Desmond King's a good player. And obviously Casey Hayward. Uh, so look, I like the makeup of this team. I like Anthony Lynn as a coach. I think they are probably in my book, the favorites to win that division just because I'm not sure how good Denver can be with Vance Joseph, and we'll see what Case Keenum can do. And the Raiders look like they're a mess. And then Kansas City, they're kind of a wild card because you just don't know what Patrick Mahomes is going to be. So I think they have a really good chance at winning that division, and if so, that means they make the playoffs.
1: How dare you, sir, talk poorly on the head coach of my number two team, no. the Denver Broncos. Oh, no,
0: really? This Real, is crazy. Really? Like my mean, Bengals pick.
1: It really comes down to how much of the time of his life Vance Joseph has if they make the playoffs or not. It's going to be key. He has to have the time of his life. But I like bringing in Case Keenum, especially considering the other quarterbacks on their roster are Pax and Lynch and Chad Kelly. So if Case Keenum gets hurt, this is all for naught. But I like their offensive line. Garrett Bowles had an injury scare, but he should be fine, reportedly. Ronald Leary, Max Paradis, Connor McGovern, Jared Feldier. That's a really nice offensive line up front. They got Devontae Booker, who I was high on coming out. He has not lived up to expectations, uh, but they have Royce Freeman as a third-round pick this year. Well, I wasn't especially high on, but he's a hammer if he's running north-south. So they got that playing to their advantage with a physical offensive line. Then they have veteran receivers in Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Two Rookies this year, Cortland Sutton, who I think has a little bit more of a learning curve, but then Deshaun Hamilton, who's a great route runner. I think he's going to be great in the slot there. Offensively, I think this team's in great shape. Defensively, they have Bradley Chum, Von Miller, rushing the passer. Chris Harrison, a guy who was really high on Bradley Roby, a first-round pick from 2014, who's finally going to get a chance to show us what he's got. I like the trade that they made to bring in Sua Cravens. I like a lot of this defensive personnel. They're physical up front. Wolf, Pico, and Gatsas up front. Demarcus Walker going to be playing a five-tag where he belongs, not an outside linebacker. Um, So I I think this team, from a personnel perspective, they can do it, and they are playing a favorable schedule because this is a team that picked fifth overall in the draft. So I think the schedule mixed with the talent, if the coaching gets out of their own way, I think this team can win some football games and make a run at the playoffs, especially in that division.
0: Okay, Kyle, it's time for a wager. We've got, so far we've got the Sammy Watkins thing, right? 80 catches, 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns. If he meets any one of those thresholds, I win that bet. The other one, what was the next one that we did? Uh, something with, what What was it? Do you remember this?
1: I remember a second wager. Oh, but again, I had it and then I lost it. It'll come to us as soon as we're done recording the show. You know that's how these things work.
0: Yeah, so we have that other one which we need to revisit. I've got a third one for you. Who has more wins in 2018, the Bengals or the Broncos?
1: I'll take the Broncos. I'll take that.
0: Obviously, right? Because unless the Bengals are number one for you on this list, you certainly think higher of them. Uh, They're not. That's the next one. I think the Bengals will have more wins than the Broncos. we got to remember that other one. It's driving me nuts. Um, Okay, so number one. I think it's going to be the same for both Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is back. And that means what that's automatically 10 wins right there. And then if the defense can be better, which it should be with Mike Patton and and what is a very much improved secondary, in my opinion, Uh, obviously Muhammad Wilkerson was a big addition up front, Uh, the offensive line. Well, it's not healthy anymore. They've, uh, they've had some injuries already here in camp, but it can't be any worse than it was last year when I think they used just like maybe 10 or 11 different combinations Jimmy Graham on this uh, on this offense to be a true seam busting tight end that really Rodgers hasn't had, uh, this team's getting back to the playoffs and it's going to be a fun race with them and the Vikings for the NFC North.
1: No argument whatsoever. So we had three of the five the same in this, which is better than what we did with childhood cartoons last week. Yeah,
0: so I have we Houston. We both and had Cincinnati. the
1: Packers, 49ers. Yeah, we both had Packers, 49ers, and Chargers. You had Houston and Cincinnati. I had Denver and Miami.
0: You want to do this th- same thing with Miami and Houston? Who has more wins? No, I don't
1: want to get into it. My t- I, don't, I don't bet on my own team. Okay. That's a, that is a mental well-being policy that I've instituted, and it's done well for me so far, and I don't want to ruin it on you.
0: I've watched a football game with you that wasn't with the Dolphins, and you had a rooting interest, and I saw how ridiculously, how ridiculous you were Rooting for the team you wanted. I don't think I could be near you when the Dolphins are playing.
1: No, I am quarantined. Yeah, that's best for humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why don't why don't we go ahead and move on to cornerback summer flings? Please, want to set the table here? Yeah,
0: let's do it. Uh, Finally, after the tight end thing yesterday, I feel like it's nice to have a good player to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Really been spending a lot of time, you know, obviously with the ACC players, and and the best cornerback that I saw is Lafonta Taylor from. Florida State. He's 5'10", 181. He was the number one cornerback recruit coming out of high school and the five-star uh, recruit consensus across the board from all the recruiting services. And he uh, he became a starter as a standout. Uh, excuse me. He became a sophomore last seat. Excuse me. He came, became a starter last season as a sophomore, and he had a standout season. Uh, really, if you look at his production. Um, you're, and you watch his tape, you're not going to see a lot of passes thrown his way because he's just a shutdown guy. He's a guy that has lightning quick feet that can uh, that he knows how to uh, pattern match and just remain in phase with wide receivers all over the football field. He has that those loose fluid hips to turn and transition. And um, look at these stats. This is according to our friends at Pro Football Focus. He was in coverage for 398 coverage snaps. Only 13 passes were caught against him on those on 35 targets for a passer rating of 26.1 and of those 35 targets he had two pass breakups and two interceptions. This is a guy that he didn't get tested and when he did get tested he either knocked the football away or the guy didn't catch the football. So really impressive statistics there. He's got that pattern matching skills. Um love him in off man obviously. You know, he's not a guy that you're going to want to play up on the line of scrimmage a ton. Um you know, he's just he's a little bit undersized so if you're asking him to get in the face of a receiver and get there, get his hands on him you know, it's not really going to be his game. Uh, but, uh, you know, he reminds me a lot, in a lot of ways, like Denzel Ward last year, who was a top five draft pick. And, and you know, he had some size limitations as well, but he was so strong in man coverage that there was a lot of value for him in, in, to go with ball skills. So I, I, there's a lot of boxes that Taylor checks, just maybe not the size box. But, um, you know, I think if you're looking for a, a, a really polished off man cover corner that can make plays on the football, this is your guy.
1: Joe, I'm going to pull the Joe Marino special here, and I'm going to double dip. I couldn't pick just one. So you talked about an undersized corner. I got one of those in LaVert Hill from Michigan. He's one of two starting NFL corners on this Michigan defense, David Long being the other one. Uh, Hill wears 24 four-star recruit. He's 5'11", 177. So he's tiny. He's not – play strength is not – something that you're going to be putting in his pros box. But the footwork that this guy possesses at the line of scrimmage, when he is aligned in the face of opposing receivers, terrific. He hinges hard out of that stance, and it allows him to really turn and run with guys effectively, he gets his hand on the hip, rides them out once he's kind of jammed them at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's got good ball skills. I really like his ability to kind of locate the football Uh the length can be problematic at times, but uh, when he has to play through the hands of receivers, if he's hip-to-hip with a guy and those hands flash, his hand immediately splits those hands and plays through the hands. He's, uh, he's very, very effective in using his hands while he's running with guys down the field and while he's contesting guys at the catch point. And those two things, uh, with his jam ability and his ability to turn and run off the line of scrimmage, uh, really pairs nicely. I think he's a really, really solid football player. My other corner has no issues whatsoever with size, and I think I've got this nailed as far as the name. Penn State number twenty-one, Amani Oyuari, Oyuari, yeah, Amani Oyuari. Want you to say it five times fast, Joe? I'm not going to try uh, it
0: once. <laughs> six,
1: six, one. 204. For his size, this guy is an unbelievable athlete. Click and close ability, ability to contort the body and kind of make a play on the football when he locates it late playing in pass coverage. He had an interception against Michigan State that I didn't think was humanly possible on a tip ball on the sideline, pop straight up in the air. He is running straight through dead heat sprint into the sideline and kind of doubles back across his own body and gets a foot down and balance. Just the, the, the body control that he has, the click and close ability that he has is terrific. Some of the questions with him. Uh, he's very limited starting experience, uh, but he's entering his red shirt senior year this year uh, listed as a starter on the death chart. So that is going to be key for him. I think he's an explosive athlete, but the backpedal that he has because of his size and his length is not the most naturally quick. So this may not be a guy that you're going to be asking to backpedal a whole lot. So just something to k- take into consideration when you're looking at schemes and uh, you're, you're trying to project him to the next level. But uh, yeah, the, the explosiveness that he has for his size and then Lavert Hill who's kind of the – Opposite of that, where he is very compact and and still naturally very athletic, but uh, Hill is the technician, and Oluwari is just uh, uh, bursting at the seams with upside and ability and length and ball skill, and uh, can't wait to see him play a full season this year. They got some good tests on their schedule with some of the wide receivers that they'll face this year. It'll be a good test for him in his first year as a starter.
0: Yeah, we've got a couple of good ones. If I was going to double dip, I would have talked about Michael Jackson from Miami. But Kyle, I'm going to leave the double dipping to <laughs> you only today.
1: You like the little Michael Jackson there?
0: Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't recognize the uh, the reference. so um, <laughs> I don't even know. Jamona. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what this means. Oh come on, Michael Jackson. You could. Um, the king of pop. I've. I know who Michael Jackson is. Um, I. <laughs> I should probably stop right there, but if you show if you
1: say, the shark, let's move. No, on. <laughs> if,
0: if you said "gun to head," Joe, name three Michael Jackson songs. I'm done. I don't think I can do it.
1: You can't name. How many can you name?
0: A Thriller. Okay. Um. Uh. That's it. <laughs> Wait, he's got the Jim, one. He got him. uh Doesn't he got the one about? Um, man, I don't know the name of it. Billy Jean. Yeah, that's what I You know what? Yeah. That's the name. That's the yeah. name. I, that, yeah, that's the one.
1: That's it. And and Joe, how about you uh, go ahead and beat it? Because we're done here. Because a little Michael Jackson pun to See, sign us off. I couldn't have came Draft up. Dudes I know Podcast. it now that you said it, but I couldn't have beat came it. up. Beat it. Time to beat it, Joe. We're going to beat it here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, listening to us. We'd like to thank the Locked On Network uh, for bringing us the platform to reach each and every one of you. We're really excited about some of the things that we have planned Uh, being a a brother slash sister show uh, for locked on NFL draft. Trevor and John are uh, not only our great partners at the draft network, but we're very thankful to have a little bit of friendly rivalry with another show and uh, see who can bring you guys some of the more entertaining draft analysis on a day-to-day basis in the space. And I think it's really cool that, you know, we work side by side with those guys and, Uh, gives us both an opportunity to bring our A-game each and every day. Uh, If you enjoy listening to the podcast, hit that subscribe button for us. Please let us know what you think. You can reach us on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at grinding the tape. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes
0: podcast.